Welcome to Voices for Japan. This week, Liam O'Brien makes his Chainsaw Buffet debut as part of our ongoing interview series. Like many of the individuals we've talked to, Liam is personally affected by the crisis in Japan, having spent time there, as well as having made a number of friends in Japan through his extensive work in anime and video games. So, with that in mind, please enjoy this week's Voices for Japan. Hello, and welcome to this week's Voices for Japan. Uh, this week, I'm joined by a man of many, many, many talents, uh, actor, writer, and director, Liam O'Brien. Liam, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Let's go ahead and get started. Why don't you tell me what some of your thoughts and feelings were when you first heard about the earthquake and tsunami that hit Japan? Well, um... Uh, I mean, it sort of snuck up on me as it did on all of us. I was, uh, the night that the earthquake hit, I was actually up. It happened about, I don't know, somewhere like midnight or one o'clock our time. And I was actually up working on something for a game I'm directing on. And, uh, I was just prepping and, uh, I use Twitter and, and I know guys over in Tokyo in the game industry and they just started saying, whoa, that was a big one. And I looked at CNN, and this was right before I went to bed and saw that, it, that a, a big earthquake had hit. But, you know, the Tokyo was okay, that stuff had fallen, but nothing major. And uh, went to bed. And when I woke up in the morning, it had all, you know, gone, gone to hell. Um, and, it, you know, it's just one of those things that you, you can't, I mean, even still, you know, we're, how, how, much time has elapsed since it happened. Still can't quite believe that it's real. It's, it was a lot like and worse than 9-11 because of the scope of it. Um, I lived in New York back then and just, you know, you can't, can't even wrap your brain around the fact that it's happening. Um, and then the next day I went into work with Japanese clients who were in from out of town on the game that I'm working on. So certainly changed the tone of uh, the work we're doing. Uh, yeah, I, I can't quite imagine being in, in that sort of position either for uh, 9-11 or your very unique view on uh, the the earthquake that hit. So that's some really interesting perspective. I appreciate that. How, how would uh, you say that Japan has affected your life uh, either or personally or professionally? <laughs> it's a massive part of my life now um i mean when i was younger like anyone probably your podcast fan base you know i grew up uh consuming the pop culture out of japan and i i think if i hadn't gone into acting i was going to go into east asian studies in college that was the the b path and the a path was uh, acting and directing entertainment industry that kind of thing and uh somehow magically my career intersected with with what i liked in you know as leisure time as a kid and i spend uh, tons of time with japanese producers now i work on japanese games i adapt i've adapted like 150 episodes of anime for for an english script so i listen to japanese all the time i've learned so much about the culture i've visited there for business i've done motion capture there I went to do voiceover there. I, I still want to go back just for, I long to spend, you know, a month there just traveling. And, um, you know, I just, I spend a lot of time with, with people from Japan. So I, I can't even imagine my life without it at this point. I mean, a lot of us who are sort of in this 
circle of people who work in, in localization of games from Japan or, or, or on games that are going from here to Japan. It's, uh, it's a huge part of my daily life, huge part. Um, and in fact, last week I went in to work on a new game, uh, booked a lead on something, and I had to scream my guts out basically all week. And it was a very Japanese game, and it just sort of seemed right to be <laughs> sort of giving my uh, voice up for the, the gaming industry out of Japan. I felt like I was doing what little, tiny, insignificant part I could. Right. Um, now, there's been a lot of uh, charity events, both from fans and from the voiceover community. Uh, what has been your reaction to... Uh, the efforts that you've seen from from both sides of the anime community. Well, it should it should. I mean, at least here in the states, it just shows how good we feel the 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 Japan gaming and animation industry has been for our lives. That immediately we were all talking about what we can do. I mean, I donated money the first day just personally, and then Stephanie Shea, who uh, organized, uh, voice actor, voice director Stephanie Shea, who organized that We Heart Japan uh, event, and I think they're doing more stuff. It was like she got on it right away and blew blew all of us away in the community with like her sort of uh, tenacity to get it happen, happening and happening fast. And I mean, it just felt like a no-brainer. It felt like something we had to do because... You know, so much good in our lives has come over the Pacific toward us. We felt like we needed to try to turn it back in the other direction. And, you know, how much can we really do? But, it, you know, if everyone can do what, what little they can, hopefully something comes of it. Absolutely. Uh, Liam, I know you're busy and we're going to let you go. But before we do, mm-hmm. um, is there any parting thoughts or words that you'd like to share with our audience? Oh, well, um, if you haven't given, uh, donate now. There's certainly a lot of ways to do do it very easily through iTunes, through PlayStation Network. Um, I've lost track of all the places. I mean, I did it through just texting to Red Cross and then a direct direct donation to Red Cross. But I keep everywhere I see, they pop up online. There are buttons uh, through different companies that you can donate. It doesn't have to be a lot. None of us have to give a lot. If, if all of us give a little bit, then it'll go a long way. And so, please, if, if you're one of the last people to have not helped out with some sort of donation, go ahead and do it because they're going to need it. And and if you have given, and I'm going to hold myself to this, give again uh, at some point because the, it's not like this is a, a one-minute problem and it's done. There are people over there now living in school gyms because they're you know, their whole lives have been sort of blown away by the tsunami. So just keep paying attention to it. Help when you can, as much as you can, and uh, hopefully they'll, you know, they'll get through as only the Japanese seem to be able to do. And, and how impressive they've been in, in this calamity. A lot of us, a lot of my friends and I have gallows humor joked that if something like that were to happen in L.A., it would turn into Mad Max here in the streets of Los Angeles. But over there, they're, they're calmly just coping with it. And it's uh, pretty amazing. Well, I, I don't think there's anything that I can add to that. So we're we're going to let you go. But thank you so much for joining us. It's been sure a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for listening to Voices for Japan. Remember to visit helpjapan.onepiecepodcast.com, www.redcross.org, or the charitable organization of your choosing and donate to the ongoing relief effort. 
Tune in next week when we add another new face to the Voices for Japan series, voice actor Tristan McAvery.